0: and also for their health and so as we go to the lord let's stand i'm going to read from psalm 37 and i like to read god's word before we go to prayer because god's word is true and when we just dwell in the truth it sets our mind so we can come to the god of truth and ask him to bless us so psalm 37 says this fret not yourself because of evildoers Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. But trust in the Lord and do good, so shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord, trust in him also, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as a light and thy judgment as the noonday. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your everlasting blessing that we have. We thank you that every day is a new day. When we get up every morning, it's a new morning. And Father, your grace and your mercy, they greet us in the morning as we start our day. So Father, we lift up those that we love and that we care about, that they would know you that they would enter into eternal life through the blood of Jesus that was shed for all of us. Father, we pray for those that need a touch in their body. We thank you for healing and deliverance and freedom from all the power of darkness, for you alone, are God, and you are victorious in everything. So, Father, we praise you tonight as we come into your house. Open our hearts and fill us with your spirit to overflowing, for we acknowledge that you alone, are God, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen.
1: Oh. to mm-hmm.
2: The presence here tonight. Yes, Lord. And Sister Anine, when the water, the pool stirred, it's time to get in. And the Lord, there was a message last week about us praising Him. We need to praise Him. Every breath I have belongs to Him. And I have a need tonight. I had a special request. And there's no program that we have to go by to get in order to get to that point when god wants to his spirit interrupts the service we need to be able to follow him and i said lord i want to do what you want it's all about him it's nothing to do with me or nothing to do with us it's all about god but I'm telling you, we pray, we pray, and we seek God, and we ask God to move and to come in our midst and come down in a mighty way. And when he comes, we stand back and wait for somebody else. That's like Jessica, Sister Jessica, coming down here worshiping. We wait for somebody else when you might be the very key to the service. I mean, if we can't do what God moves on us to do now, how can we be in charge of anything else? How can we do His work? But I'm telling you, there's a lot of churches tonight that are longing, desiring, looking, and hungering for what's here right now, for what's in this place. I'm telling you, He's alive, He's well, He's not changed. The devil would like for us to look around and be defeated by the number that's here. But His Word says we're two or three. And there's far more than that. And if we have needs where any two agree is touching, it it shall be done. I have special friends that called this morning that are very close to me, and she asked that we hold her husband up in prayer. He's going to have triple bypass Wednesday. And I said I would. Brother Jarman had a help a heart test Friday I texted him earlier and I asked him how it went and he said not good I'll call you later I missed his call but I know the one who knows it all he knows all about it and I'm thankful that there's people that believe in evangel that can touch the throne of God and they don't have a fear with calling out and asking you to pray for them and lift them up. They can lay their head down and know that there's people that are still God-fearing, praying, and looking to Him to perform a miracle. I'm, I'm serving that miracle-working God. He makes a way when I don't even know about it. He's working things out when it seems the darkest. and. I know Brother Wooten's got a firecracker for us. We'll get to that. But right now, it's God's time. Let's worship God, church. If you have a need and you need something, come to the pool. Come out in it. Get out there. We need to get a little further away from the shore. We need to wait out a little bit. I'm tired of being in ankle deep. I want to get out some more. I want all God has. So if some of you will come and pray with me, I wanna I wanna agree tonight for this need, these two needs that I've brought. And if you have one, I'm sure we can all get God for this.
3: Someone else need? So, we'll get back to the normal order here in just a second. I want to talk with you for just a minute. I believe that while we were worshiping, God reminded me of something that was happening here and that we want to just wipe it out right now. I'd rather take care of it right on the front side of what God's wanting to do in this congregation. He wants this to be a spirit-led, spirit-gifted congregation. Okay, And for that to happen, we have to understand and operate according to God's word in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And so what was happening here just a moment ago is uh, chapter 14 was happening. A word of prophecy came to us. It came through Doug. It was a word that God gave us. He gave us that word, and there's a hesitation in the body to operate in the gifts. That's why he would pull one out and put them before you to give a word of prophecy. The gifts are seen in chapter 12. You can go look at them. There's divine healing. There's tongues, interpretation. And we hesitate to operate in those things. For some reason, it says the word of prophecy came. God's here, but we back up when he shows up. Don't back up when he shows up. Lean in. Look, he may choose to use you to give a word of uh, prophecy. He may choose you to give a a word of knowledge. He may use you to give a message in tongues, interpretation. I, I, I just feel out of place. I feel like, no, no, no. It's his place. It's not your place. Okay? So we operate in that spirit. And the reason that spirit wants to operate is because of who we are. Because we are chapter 12. I mean chapter 13. We are working to operate 12 and 14, and the way it works is 13, okay? It works when we operate in love, okay? Because 13 is set between those because that is the critical element for God's Spirit to function and to work in a way that unbeliever and believer can receive. It's through the power of love. Can't be a, glanging, a, a clanging gong or a cymbal, no. No, it's got to be a love that's unfailing, a love that's forgiving, a love. And listen, we can't get up here and say our mission statement loving people if we aren't loving people. We are loving people. God's Spirit is here to love people, and he wants to love them his way, and so we want to submit to that. So I encourage you in that, okay? I had all that opened up in my scriptures. I didn't need to do it. He just, he just said, hold on, just say, I'm going to fix this. And he starts working and moving. And, and how many of y'all believe healing happened? Why? Because of 13. Because we love people and we want to see God's presence and his power manifest. Why do you think 14 would happen? Because he's trying to get through us. So he'll send somebody up here to give a word of prophecy to us because he loves us why do you think 12 is going to happen in us because we're all going to submit to him we're going to follow him we're going to do whatever it is he tells us to do amen 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 i love you guys
0: you know doug mentioned this but when sister jessica came down to to worship god There's a river that flows here, and it's a river of the spirit of the living God. And I think we spend too much time in that ankle-deep water. And we need to get in there where we can't touch the bottom. So I'm encouraged tonight, and I, I hope each of you are as well. So at this time, I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come and receive our offering for this evening. So, Brother Roy, would you pray over our evening offering, please? This time we'll let our children go to kids' own, please. We know that God inhabits the praises of his people, but he also inhabits his word. So keep your hearts open as Pastor comes to share the word with us.
3: Okay, I said all that a minute ago. Now I'm going to apologize. Y'all don't take me wrong, I get excited. Don't feel like I'm upset. That's just me. Man, I'm in this. Look, I get real focused and serious when the Holy Ghost gets into place, okay? So don't take that wrong. I'm just encouraging you, man. Let's get in this. Let's get in. Let's just see how far and how deep and how wide the love of God is. Amen? Amen. Uh, so, so I apologize for sounding a little harsh there a minute ago. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait till I get through preaching this message. Okay, okay, and that was really meant to lead it. You know who was it said earlier? I think it was Jessica said. Every 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 joke has a little truth in it. Is that what Jessica said? <coughs> so uh, I got a new message tonight. Uh, that was a little pun intended there, but anyway. Uh, I, I, on, the, on the onset of this message, um, I, w- I want us to agree on something, okay? So before I start preaching, I'm just going to ask you to agree on this, that I'm living proof and you're living proof that God loves all creation, no matter their rebellion or hardness of heart. He loves us all. Loves us all. Um, so I want to tell you a quick story. it take me just a minute. I'm just going to give you a little story and background about uh, the love of God for humanity because it... Something happened a long time ago, it's a true story, Uh, it's a story about a very large tribe of people that's in the scripture um, that got very far from God. They were very, very far from God. Um, They had experienced great pain and suffering, and in trying to deal with that pain, with the pain that they had experienced, they got sort of blinded by their own circumstances, and they began to adopt all kinds of pagan worship in their life, okay, okay? Which is not uncommon. When we get discouraged and when we get disoriented and when we start to remove ourselves from the presence of God, we're going to do something, and that's what began to happen in them. And they were raising their children that, to be just like them. In fact, um, this average-sized tribe became a really mighty people and, 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 and became a force on earth. Now, I'm not talking about America, and I'm not going to tell you a Jason Bourne story, okay? This is, for those who are movie watchers, anyway... Uh, this is a, a true-life group of people that are found in the Scripture. In fact, uh, the fact is most of the, most of the world despised this group of people, and the, their hatred had led to, to untold amounts of war and violence. Uh, they had even developed elite groups of warriors, if you do a study about them, uh, st- who specialized in interrogation and torture. Um, it does sort of sound like, but anyway, uh, uh, they were very proactive in protecting their homeland, and it became more and more. Uh, it became it became more than I guess, like you should say, self preservation. Um, their tactics became so well known that no other nation around them would dare attack them for fear uh, of their recourse of what they'd do back to whatever nation or whatever tribe it was that came after. Them. Uh, they wanted others to fear them. They were very committed to that. But the the overzealous, the overzealous leaders, bad ones in the group, uh, got into the leadership of the of the nation and corrupted their their population, which is not unheard of. Okay. Yet God, in His mercy, loved this group of people because we've already agreed we're living proof. God loves all creation, no matter their rebellion or hardness of heart. Um, So the people were the Ninevites. You've heard of them. The people were the Ninevites. All that story is that group of people. They're found in the book of Jonah. Not all those details, but a historical study will tell you about them. But the book of Jonah begins and talks about God's love for them. And we'll pick it up in Jonah chapter 1. I want to read through some of that story, compare it to some of the stuff maybe that you're facing tonight, and let's talk about what the perfect storm is. So That's what we're going to talk about tonight, the perfect storm. Uh, Jonah 1, verse 1 and 2 read this way. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgments against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Uh, So the question becomes, and I'd ask this to any of us, what do you do when God speaks to you? It's a fair question. What do you do when God speaks to you? The Lord gave this message to Jonah. What do you do when God speaks? For Jonah to disobey the word of the Lord right here meant that he was not only running from the word the Lord had given him, ultimately it means that he was running from God himself what do you to do when the Lord speaks what, what do you do and here's a powerful thought how many times how many times in your life in my life in our lives do you think that God might actually speak to us give us a message tell us something specific I want to think he wants you to do that through his spirit all the time and through his word but I mean this was pretty serious I mean this was God talking to him so this was a very powerful moment to turn our backs, to think about this in our context, to turn our backs on one of these moments, to not listen, as we talked about this morning, to not listen uh, to one of these God thoughts is to move into some very dangerous territory, I think. Amen? When God speaks to us, we need to obey. And to not obey and to run, to, to, to turn and to go the other direction would put us in a place that would move us far from where God's presence is for our life and what he's intended, because where is his presence for us? It's where he's speaking to us to go. So Jonah 3, 1-3 picks up. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. <laughs> we can stop right there. I mean, he got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. I mean, he, he not only he's not only... Heard this word and gets up and goes in direct direct, It admits right here, look, he's trying to get away from God. I mean, I mean how, how big a chance is that, Dr. K? I mean, come on, let's be honest about this. God's everywhere, amen? So he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarsus. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by selling to Tarsus. Here's a fact. I'm going to give you a quick fact. It's one thing to not be able to hear from the Lord, but it is a totally different thing to be able to hear him and run like crazy the other direction. Amen? I mean, it's one thing to be in one of those spots where you're saying, oh, God, where are you? But it's another thing to be in a place where you're saying, I hear you, God, I hear you, God, and you're headed the other direction. God's plan for our lives always includes the forming of Christ in us. It's always includes His work from the day you asked Jesus into your heart was to shape Jesus into who you are. It's to make you into the image of Christ for the world to see so that they have a witness of his love for them. And so we recognize that spitting image we talked about this morning, that that speaking likeness, that spitting image that we talked about this morning is something he's working in us to where we're speaking likeness. We're talking like he would talk. We're saying his words. And, and if I don't particularly like God's plan, I don't think I get to vote on that. Amen. You say, well, that doesn't sound very fair. I, 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 I'll say it this way. When you submit yourself to God, you don't get a vote from that point on. You're his. You're, we move from what? We, we moved that thought. We were talking this morning and said it. The word translates servant. I'm now, I don't belong to myself anymore. I'm his. Jonah was his prophet. Jonah wasn't Jonah's prophet. Jonah was God's prophet. And so he reached this moment in his life where he had this choice. Was he going to obey or was he going to disobey? Uh, whether your decision, is, Whatever your decision is, I'm going to give you a thought right here. Whatever your decision is to obey or to disobey, that decision creates a new future. That decision create, begins, boom, new future starts right there. You either create a God future or you create your own future. And the more of your own future that you create, the more pain you'll have in your life. Why? Because you, you're not going God's direction. And I, I got a phrase. It, 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 it's simple. A revelation always requires a response. When God speaks, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to obey or you're going to, hold on, God, let me think about it. (laughs) I don't think we talked about that. I don't think I get a call on this, do I? I don't get, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not exactly how I want to do it. Lord, let me do it this way. I'm going to give me a group. I'm going to teach them some word, and I'll send them in to Nineveh. Give me a little time. I'll prep me a group, and we'll send them in. If it goes well for them, I'll get a second group ready. Sound good? I met with a missionary this week, had lunch with him. By the way, I owe you a card. Uh, I had, I, and I got a receipt, too. Anyway, uh, I took them out to eat, and it's a couple, of the McDonald's, and they're getting ready to go back to Ecuador, where they were basically born and raised. And, uh, he's getting ready to go back, and he says, yeah, he said, uh, I know you went with Joel Marbot, and y'all took a team into the jungle down in the south, into the the, the, uh, Suare group. And he said, but we're feeling called to the north part of Ecuador. And I went, oh, really? You know why I did that? Because no missionary since the attempt by Sam Elliott, and I can't remember the guy's first name, Saint is his last name, no missionary since they were speared and killed has been successful in going into the northern interior of ecuador every attempt has ended in death so my immediate thought was you're going to build your team and maybe send them in (laughs) no i didn't i did think about what i'd been studying and i thought to myself if god's called them who am i to question that who their mom and this this guy's dad has been a missionary forever over there, and they've never been able to penetrate the north. But his son believes he, God's called him to it. A revelation always requires a response. When you get a revelation from God, it'll always require a response from you. You've got to respond. You've got, you, there's, there's no in between. Here's your fact God's relentless. Say relentless. He's relentless in his love for you and will do whatever it takes to bring the reality of his love to you. He was relentless in his love for the Ninevites. And he was going to do whatever it took to get his love to them, to get the expression of who he was to them. And he loved Jonah that much. Because, you see, if we're going to talk about the perfect storm, the perfect storm is the storm God creates to get us to him. I mean, we, I don't get to choose a storm. I don't get to choose how it comes. I don't get to choose how many, hey, hey nobody, nobody chose a storm that blew through a while back right here. in, in, in Nobody cho- chose that. It happened. Jonah 1, verse 4 says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea. Now, at this point in time, Jonah done loaded up on this boat, got in the bottom of it, and went to sleep. Bought a ticket, did everything he's supposed to. He's on the water. They're headed out. Uh nobody's bothered to try to figure out who he is, what his purpose is or where his plan is or if he's running from something. I mean, I'm sure they hauled outlaws all the time in the bottom of their boats. Amen? Amen. I mean, he, this guy looked pretty clean. Somebody said he's a prophet. Oh, that's cool. Put him down there. He'll be fine. He won't say nothing. He'll probably sleep most of the way. You know I'm a preacher, so. But the Lord heard a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. So first, the thing that becomes clear to me is the Lord gave this message to Jonah. Get up and go to the great city. And Jonah says, no way, I'm not going to do that, Lord. So God says, okay, okay, I'll see you at point B. So my question tonight is, are you at point B? Are you at point C? Are you at point F? Are you out there at T? Where are you at? Because it doesn't matter. God's in the alphabet. He's at every point. He's at every stop. He, he controls the winds. He controls the waves. What are you running from? Jonah 1, 8 through 10 says, why has this awful storm come down on us? These guys, have, they've already tried to ride this thing out. It's got worse and worse. And now they're huddling up, holding on to each other, trying to keep them getting tossed off. And they're beginning to wonder, why, why has this awful storm come down you read the verses, they've already prayed to their gods. If you take time to read uh, five, six, seven, you read that through, you see they don't cry out to their gods. What's going on? What's happened? Who are you? <laughs> so they've narrowed it down to the guy that's asleep in the bottom of the boat. Who are you? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, oh, what country are you from? What, what is your nationality? Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this. Why? Because they was on the sea that that God had made. Amen. And they realized He must be mad at this fella, and He's on our boat. So what are we gonna do? What? What are we? Sailors were terrified, for they had already told. They had already, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. He'd already said, I'm getting out of Dodge because God's told me to do something, but I don't want to do it. That's ah, fine. Go there. Oh, why did you do it? What are you running from? What do you need to do to stabilize your thoughts and obey God for your life? Obey what he's saying to you. Obey what he's calling you to. What do you need to do? I I give you real simple points. The simple answer is you need to lean in. You need to admit God has a plan for you, personally, for you. You need to accept his word for your life today. You need to accept what he's saying to you. You don't need to question it. You don't need to try to reason through it. You don't need to try to find out if anybody else is doing it. You need, if he said it, you need to do it. That's sort of like the spirit moving in the service. If he's telling you, I need you to speak right now, you don't need to wait and see if Johnny over there is going to speak. You need to obey. We're all under the submission to the same God and the same spirit. If it's out of hand, I'll let you know because he'll tell us. We're not scared of that. Amen. And then you need to draw close to God. What happens when you do that? The scripture says, he'll draw close to you. Man, isn't that what we're all after? What's the perfect storm about? The perfect storm is about getting us in a place where we get close to God. I believe some of us are experiencing the perfect storm in our life. And what happens when we find ourselves in the perfect storm? I want you to watch this. It's verses 11 through 16. I love it. I don't want to be it, but I love it. I'm trying to avoid it with all that I can because I don't want to get caught in a perfect storm God's created. But I've been in them. I've been in them. Verse 11, and since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Look, they were standing around him. I imagine some of them had some pretty good blades in their hands. We'll do whatever you tell us. You tell us, chop you up, you'll be be sushi in just a second. We're ready because we don't want to die. We don't want to kill you, but it's your fault we're all here. (laughs) Somebody say amen. So, I I mean, whatever we got to do. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Man, how about that? Do you know that you've got people in your life right now that, and and that there are people that you know that are in the perfect storm that, that God is just waiting for you to make the decision, for you to make the sacrifice, for you to say just throw me over because God, I'm the reason this is going on, and throw yourself into his care, into his seat, into what he has planned, and watch what happens. To those who are watching, I mean, because here, here was the case. It was too violent. They then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh Lord, they pleaded, "Don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death, <laughs> oh, because we fixing to chunk him." <laughs> oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him, and for your for your own good reasons, and the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. Now you want to talk about a. Revelation that got a response. Every revelation requires a response. You ready for this? And the storm stopped at once. So, when we... Do we believe that obedience can bring immediate response from God? Do we believe when we pray tonight that God heard that and he's acted on it? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a revelation that requires a response. We're talking about them doing what they were told and immediately God responded right here. As a matter of fact, the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. They had prayed to every other God they knew. But once they saw the power and the presence of God, they yielded to it. My goodness, y'all. That's that's evangel evangel in Mount Olive. Come on, somebody. That's that's you living next to your neighbor. That's us in our workspace. That's that's what we're looking for. Three things real quick. First, the perfect story is where you where any of us plan to be look if you're in the perfect storm it wasn't your plan to be in the perfect storm you just don't want to do what God's told you to do I'm okay with admitting that I've been there Okay, so that was the case It's it's a group of events. What is the perfect storm? It's a group of events that converge on our calendar, that converge on our plans. It's a group of events that we have no control over, and it seems like they come from everywhere, and all of a sudden we're in it. God selected this particular time to deal with Jonah. No. God selected this particular time to deal with the great city of Nineveh. That's where we started, remember? Remember? God selected this time in your life to deal with something greater than you are. Bigger than you are. A plan for him to express a love that he's been holding and trying to get to a people. You're the prophet. You're the servant. You're the one who's just got to obey to watch miraculous things happen. Second, the perfect storm is where your will and God's will collide. Matter of fact, it can happen in a person, in a marriage, in a family, in a job. Or in this case, in a prophet on a boat in the sea in the perfect storm. It can, it can happen anywhere. It, 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 it's not controlled by us. It's something that God works. The storm had just formed over Jonah and his chosen path. Why? Because God, was try, God told Jonah to go northeast to Nineveh, and Jonah got on a boat headed south towards Joppa. So God said, that's okay. I'm going I'm to get to you. Because I love Nineveh, I'm going to love you. It's just going to be tough love for a little bit. Matter of fact, if we read further, I think it would be worth you just Hey, I'm not going to preach on the rest of that chapter, but that chapter is so good. I mean, the great fish swallows him, and he starts crying out to God. I mean, I, first off, I can't even imagine what it had to be like to be in that seaweed. Come on, how was he breathing? There must have been a pocket of air down there. Good Lord. Matter of fact, I'll read a scripture to you in a minute that's incredible to me. But back to the mess. Here's a great question. Why did God raise up Jonah as a prophet? Because, y'all going to just trust me in this, he was the closest in proximity to Nineveh. Why would God call the McDonald's to go to the northern region of Ecuador? Because they had been raised in that country and they know and understand the need. Why? I mean, we wonder well, God, I just wish you'd reach my ma and Paul. What if He's calling you to reach them? You're the closest to them. Well, that'd be a perfect storm, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? We, for some reason, get fearful about what's around us and think that, you know, it's going to take a miracle of God. You're the miracle. We're the miracle. Amen? We're the miracle. We're the one God's speaking to. We're the one God's saying, go, calling to, trying to get us into a place that we're submitted to do what he asked for. Listen to me. God wanted Jonah to touch his neighborhood. God wanted Jonah to preach his message of repentance to the folks Across the tracks, the people that we couldn't get to. Last, I'm going to give you the third thing. The perfect storm sometimes forms because we fail or refuse to listen to the Lord. I said sometimes. I would rather say all the time forms that way, but I'm not going to put 100% there. I'm going to put 99%, so I'll use the word sometimes. Jonah was called to take God's message to mainstream culture in the city of Nineveh where the wickedness had reached God's all-I-can-stand point. Okay, I've had all I can stand. I love them. I'm going to reach them. I'm going to use you to do it. He was the closest in proximity to do it. He called him to do it. He took off the other way. So God sends this perfect storm. In the midst of it, rather than a whole ship, boat, a ship load of people dying, a whole boatload of people dying, they they obey what the prophet says, and they're not only saved from the storm, their lives are saved. They they vow to serve this God that had done this miraculous thing, and then he gets swallowed by this great fish, and man, he's the story we're preaching on tonight. That's what some of you think. I mean, let me say a couple things about Jonah. Jonah. Jonah had more than ad, attitudinal issues. He had he, he 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 had something a little deeper in him. You know what it was? He hated the people in them. Let's admit it. He had hatred in his heart towards the people of Nineveh. And at the base of all his hatred was fear. He hated him because he didn't know how to control them. He didn't know what to do with him. He knew what would happen to him, what could happen to him. So he, he, he had committed himself to never. And ultimately, Jonah was free, fleeing from God when he was fleeing from Nineveh, from the very presence of God. He wanted to get as far away from Israel as he could because Israel represented God's presence. So Jonah is getting out of the land of Israel to get away from God's presence. That's what, some of us, that's what we think we're accomplishing, staying away from people and staying away from church at times and staying away from fellowship. The problem is God's everywhere. I mean, that's the problem. The problem with the plan here is God's everywhere. I can't go anywhere. I can't go to the heights. I can't go to the depths. I can't go anywhere without him being there. Right? If if, if you're running to try and stay away from God's presence, you came to the wrong place. You'll be at the wrong place every place you go tomorrow. You'll be at the wrong place every place you go this week because God's everywhere. And if he's calling to you and he wants to love people, listen, this is a reality. I'm going to give you a quick thought. God is about the nations. He's not about an individual. You say, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, no, no. He, he reaches an individual to reach the nations. But he's about the nations. So he'll put you in a storm to get the nation. He loves you that much. And so when we look at this and we begin to try to wrap our mind around it, the presence of God is in the place where sinners come to know him. So why was it so powerful what happened, what happened on the boat? It's because the presence of God showed up there. They, they didn't know, they didn't have message. It didn't matter. Presence of God shows up. When presence of God shows up, you don't have to preach a lot. Say amen. <laughs> Luke 15 7. There's more joy. In, I said this this morning. Remember it. There's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over ninety nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What happened whenever Rebecca came, surrendered her life to Christ? Man, when we got through praying, those girls had been praying so hard for this girl. She's been one month in the program. She told me, and she surrendered her life to Christ this morning in this altar. And they cheered and clapped and carried on. Man, heaven's a lot more noisy than that. That's why I weep every time I think about it. It's because heaven is so full of joy over the decision of a lost person coming to Jesus. I told you all about that. I, I must say this. I know all about church, folks. I know all about our friends. I got some. I've heard all the phrases. We use the hypocrite excuse. We use the too long-winded excuse. We use the only day I got off excuse. We use the me and God's good. I had guy tell me that one time. I knew his wife was getting ready to leave him. I said, man, how's that going for you? If y'all good, I hate to know what to be about if it's bad. You know, I just loved him enough to tell him the truth. And the reality is, whenever we really listen, think about this, I mean, I mean, if you're running from God, are you really good? Are, you, are if you know someone running from God, are they really good? Are they are they really? Don't get angry at God because a Christian is a jerk to you. I would to be a jerk to somebody today. I really did. I'd left service. Y'all, I'm flesh and blood, full grown man. And a guy made a comment to me when I walked out to the truck because I had parked a little closer to the line on his side and he's in his truck with his girl sitting right up next to him. And I guess he thought it'd be pretty, I mean, I thought it'd be nice if I could have smashed his face in the steering wheel. <laughs> but I didn't. I mean, I'm being honest with y'all. I'm being honest with y'all. I walked in between the two vehicles, and I was walking up. I'd wave and spoke to him. I'm looking for an earring Debbie's lost. And as I'm walking in, he lets the window down. He says, you parked a little close to that line there, didn't you? And I just looked at him. And I said, you have a good one, too, buddy. Oh, bam! Just, <laughs> man, that, I feel like good just thinking about it. That's horrible, y'all. It's horrible. I'm, I'm, I'm honest, but I got control of it. I, I didn't do it. I walk, I got in the truck, he drove off, I got in the truck, and I closed the door, I said, I, okay, Lord, I know you're working on me. I couldn't think how to pray for him at that moment. I have come to terms with that and praying for him in a little different way now. I did say, Lord, I'm glad I didn't smash face in the steering wheel. You may send him to the church next week, and I want to be able to love on him and speak to him. I hope he doesn't see my white truck, because I parked bad on the line here this morning, too. Debbie pointed that out. (laughs) We're we're friends like Debbie who needs enemies. Anyway, uh, I mean, let's not get angry at God because folks is jerk. They're jerks to us. They're not, I mean, let's say this. We're not always nice. We're not always friendly. We're not always clean. I have to tell old David, Nope, not today. I have to tell him, you ain't getting up. You ain't getting up. You're dead. I'm not going to let you live. If he'd have been alive today, there'd have been a mess in the parking lot. You understand what I'm saying? So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the reality of it. And people don't come to church and use us as an excuse a lot of times. So all I'm saying to you is this. That's why we use salvation and sanctification as parts of the whole work God is doing in us. Because I'm saved, I'm saved. But that hard work, that's the sanctifying side. I got to work on that. I got to work on I talked about that this morning, and then I get tested the first thing whenever I leave. Don't think the devil ain't listening to what's happening around here. I still, I still have areas in my life he's trying, I'm, God's trying to sanctify. Do I blame the devil for that? No, no, I, I, I admit that was a little storm God sent my way to say to me, hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, let's see what you got, boy. Put you in a little test right here. I didn't win it, by the way. I'm gonna have to take that test over probably. Thank you. Jonah found himself in this place. Jonah found himself in this place. Okay, I'm fixing to wrap up because my nursery workers, I wanna be through by 730. I know y'all. I know, I know. I'm gonna just give you the number of times Jonah went down. Jonah won three. He went down to the port of Joppa. He's on his way out of the city, buddy. He's getting away from Dodge, actually, the presence of God. Verse 5, all this time Jonah was down in the hole. Jonah went down to Joppa, got on the boat, went down in the hole. So he got away from everything. He's running. Hey, there was another, another one. You ready? Jonah 2, verse 6. You ready? What's happened by this time? Jonah done been swallowed by a great fish. And the scripture says, Him saying it. This is his prayer. This is Jonah. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I think that's the bottom of the ocean. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. Man, that's my testimony. Come on. That's my testimony. That's your testimony, right? I mean, let's face it, I cry every time I sing Amazing Grace because I was dead, but I'm alive. I was lost, and I'm found. I got a reason to worship and rejoice tonight. Amen. This is when he was in this great fish, in this great sea, due to the power of this great storm. close there's three warnings I give them to their words simple words I'm going to mention them to you if you're taking notes you're welcome to write them down three warning signs you're in spiritual decline and I say that to us as a body I want us to be I want I want this moment to mark us to begin incline okay let this moment mark us as a people of incline not decline. Here's the warning signs of spiritual decline. I'm gonna give you three words. These are decline these are these are spiritual decline that can bring about one of these perfect storms. Okay? So I'm just saying, I think you can get in incline if you're in decline, but if you don't address it after hearing this and you're listening, then you got some you got you got a decision to make. You're either going to obey or you're gonna disobey and next thing you know, storm hits. Okay? So that's my word to you. First word's rebellion. First sign of spiritual decline is rebellion. Rebellion leads you away from the presence of God. Rebellion always leads us away from the presence of God. So what is rebellion? Is rebellion when when I, I, I decide I'm gonna dress different? When I decide I'm gonna start going to the bar? Is rebellion when I No, 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 no. What is rebellion? Rebellion is when I choose to not choose. God's presence. Did you hear it? It's when I choose to not choose God's presence. I mean, I know some good Christians that are choosing to not choose God's presence. And I think the scripture calls that rebellion. Just say it. Number two, apathy. So we go from rebellion to apathy. Um, they don't have to be in this order, but I'm giving them to you this in order. He was down in the ship, asleep, in the middle of the worst storm these sailors had ever been in, and he didn't seem to care if he lived or died or if the people on the boat lived or died. What is that? That's Apathy. It's apathetic when we don't care about ourselves and look in the mirror, and when we go out and we act like everything's fine because we don't care what everybody else thinks. Okay. And then, third, deafness. So, rebellion and apathy, then, deafness. He was deaf. Deaf. At the bottom of the sea, in the in the belly of this fish, he he couldn't hear the voice of the Lord. He had reached a point where he had become deaf to the voice of God. But then God answered. That's good. And God showed up. You know what? When you get to where you, I can't imagine being able to hear like I do, and then all of a sudden not be able to. I can't imagine. And I, I, I've i even got to where I wear, like, like hearing protection when I shoot because I'm scared I'm going to lose my hearing now as I get older because I, I don't want to not be able to hear. I will ask Debbie multiple times, huh? But a lot of that's just trained learned habits. So I'm being honest. Jonah, listen to me, Jonah, because of the intentionally not listening, Jonah, because he had intentionally not listened, lost his perspective, and lost his hearing. He literally got put in a place where he couldn't hear. I mean, what was, what do you blue. I mean, he's in this fish, y'all. What is he hearing? Gurgling of digested food? Come on. Taking in seaweed and it's hitting him in the face. This joker, I mean, what's he here? What? This is not normal life. Right? It's just not normal life. And when you rebel, when you get apathetic, you'll reach a deafness to where you seem comfortable in not normal life. (laughs) Okay. Three questions, Barry. Won't you come on up here? I'm gonna try to end in two seconds. You're gonna need to run. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. Have you intentionally listened to it? Have you intentionally not listened to the Word of the Lord and now find yourself with no perspective? Have you intentionally not listened to something God's saying to you about something and now find yourself? Maybe a little rebellious to what God's doing. Maybe a little apathetic to what he's call, what He's trying to do in those around you. Because I'm telling you, this is all about everybody else. It's about you, but he wants to use you to reach them. Are you in a place where God's voice has grown faint? And now you realize it's actually a deafness in you caused... By your rebellion and apathy to the word of the Lord to you. To what he's been saying to you. What he's calling you to. matter of fact, I'm going to ask this. Do you think if Jonah would have known that 100 years of peace would begin from his obedience. That he might have cooperated in the beginning. 100 years of peace rained when Jonah got up off that sand that he had been spit out on by that fish, dug the seaweed out of his ears and coughed up whatever that was in him and headed to Nineveh and started preaching fire by I me, mean, fire from heaven stuff. I mean, he'd already lived through a fish in the bottom of the ocean. What could they do to him, right? I mean, you done been in the worst storm those sailors had ever seen And he lived through it. What could they do to him? Pull his fingernails out while he's alive? Cut his toes off? Torture him? Who cares? Y'all need to repent. God's fixing to send a storm on you. And what'd they do? Man, they repented. Man, I just want to see a revival of souls where people are coming to repentance in a genuine transformative fashion. Don't you? And if that means that I got to get to the place that I say yes, then I'm ready. I don't want no more storms. I just want to see his hand. I want to watch him work. I want to see him do the miraculous. I'm ready to cooperate. Are you? You ready to cooperate? Because that's what we're talking about. Whatever the Lord's telling you to do, let's just do it. Because if we all do it, As individuals, it will impact a large group, and then together corporately it impacts more. And just what can happen? What can happen? What do you believe can happen? No, no, I'm not talking about from you. What could God do if we all say yes to him? Amen. What will he do? What does he want to do? Does, Does God want anyone in Mount Olive lost? Well, then that's our answer. Amen. What's the purpose of a perfect storm? It's to bring about genuine repentance. That's the purpose of every perfect storm God sends. It breaks us and gets us in a place where we're genuine about our service to Him, our living a life pure and holy and righteous before Him. Father, we just come to you. God, you've been doing so much in our midst today, and we, we say to God, be the glory, great things you're doing in us. Lord, tonight, if anyone here is in a perfect storm, this would be a perfect time to turn, to turn back to you, Lord, to say to you, Lord, I don't totally understand what I'm in, and it hasn't been that I've even thought that I was running from you, but if that's what I'm in, I'm ready to change that. And so God, we're going to open this altar and we're going to all just find our place in it to say, Lord, yes. (laughs) Yes to you. Yes to whatever you want. Yes to whatever you're calling me to. Yes to whoever you're calling me to. To wherever you're calling me to. Yes, 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 yes. We submit to you tonight in your name. How about standing with me? You know, Dr. K talked about this river down here. I just want to close this way tonight. I want everybody to come wade in. Let's just get down in here and let's spend about five minutes at least in his presence just saying yes to him. If you've been in a storm, if you're in a point or a place where you feel like you need special prayer, you need you need somebody to just to agree with you over where you're at and the things that you're facing and that you would... You would have an ear to hear what the spirit would say to you then we can agree on that we'll agree on that in the name of jesus for you all i want to do right now is i want everybody that will to just press in to lean into god's presence and let's just say to Him tonight yes lord yes to your will yes to your purpose yes to your plan yes to what you're declaring to us yes to your spirit yes lord we submit to whatever you have for us god we submit to whatever your plan is for us god We pray it as a couple, Lord, as couples in this place. God, we submit our lives as a couple to you and to your calling and to your your plan for us, God. That we would be uh, uh, orators of the word of God to those who are broken and hurting. That we'd be healing hands of those who are sick. That we'd have a voice of authority to those who are bound and those who are who are wounded by the enemy, that we could speak life into them, God. We say yes to you, and whatever it is that you would choose to do and use us to do, God, we submit ourselves to you, God. We, we surrender ourselves to you, Lord. And for those that are here that might be in a perfect storm, they might be in a place where they've been wrestling over, over their decisions, over their plans, over, their, over what's happening in their life, and, and they feel tonight maybe, God, you're speaking to them. You're calling to them, Lord. You're drawing them to yourself, Lord. Help them to say yes to you, Lord. To say, I turn back, God. I surrender, God. I hear you, Lord. You hear me, God. I rejoice that I'm in the bottom, but I'm looking up again, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray over the individuals that are here, God. I pray over the young people. I pray over over every life and every person here. There's never a point, there's never a person, there's never an age, there's never a time that we are outside of what you can do and will to do with us. So God, it's not about age, it's not about, it's not about race, it's not about, it's not about our, 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 our background, our upbringing, it's about this moment saying to you, yes. Yes to you, Lord. Yes to your plan, yes to your will. Yes, I surrender. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Does anybody need special prayer? We need to anoint anyone. I know we've had a powerful service tonight prior to a, a feeble attempt to preach. but Anybody need prayer? Hallelujah. Amen. All right.